Minefields, Joshua Michael, Tony Morales. Ah, it's been a week, and it's just Wednesday. Oh, it's uh, dude. It's just been a week of Mondays. The limit pushing. I, I wouldn't even say it's limit pushing. I would say it's just more of like. It's, I would I would equate it to kicking a small child when he's down. Kicking a small child when he's and down. And letting him get up, and then kicking him in the nuts. And then taking his lunch money and making sure that the ice cream cone in his hand has been efficiently squashed into the ground that there's none can be salvaged while his family is watching helpless. <laughs> and, his, and his big brother is laughing at him. <laughs> Pointing. Wanting to, to join in, but yet staying far enough away to avoid any, uh, any blame from the parentals. While you're on America's funny some videos and your video filmed by some random person wins the 10 million dollars or the 10 oh, no, no. no you you get second place oh cuz at least at least there's solace in winning the 10 million dollars i know right at least at least eventually it'll be worth it we were going to pick that kid but one ball fell out of his pants and it was just too small to be number one like oh <laughs> oh bob saget making fun of you i mean like i mean back in the day like now apparently like all these comedians come out of the the freaking <laughs> woodwork and they're like oh we love that guy i'm like uh i'm a little confused because he's kind of been the butt of a lot of jokes for a really long time that's how we show we respect them correct However, now, crappy week aside, we got 150 coming up. We did have Saturday, though. We did have an, uh, uh, like, there was a lot of cool things that happened in a very short amount of time. This is true. Now, Chapel Hills Malls. When was the last time you were at Chapel Hills Malls? It has been well over a year at this point. Yeah, I don't like going to malls, man. I, I think I'm, I'm going to say Christmas last year because I knew my kid was really into Five Nights at Freddy's plushies. And I had found a couple of them over there, so I had to come back. I was there two days in a row because we saw saw them. And I had to come back and get, a, get them for him, so he had them for Christmas. Well, that's a perfectly wonderful reason why you should go to a mall. Last time I was at Chapel Hills was I called them because word on the street was is that they had the Switchblade Bullet Club shirt. I called them before I left work to make sure that they had it because I wasn't going to a mall any other way. They didn't have a, they didn't even have a good food court. They didn't have a Sabaro. No Sabaro. What? what yeah. What type of freaking mall is this, man? Like. No. Yeah, the malls, the mall, malls definitely gotten sad. Remember back in the day, it was like the place to hang out. You and your friends could get a shake, 
could go to the arcade. He could go to Hot Topic. He could go to Spencer's Sun Coast. Yes, sir. Sun, Sun Coast. BC. Uh, Freaking. Uh, what was the uh, what was the other record place? Uh, there was Sun Coast. There was. Um, there was a place that always had the best movies. I, I remember my dad was like, I had to go to the mall and go to some weird place to buy a weird VHS called Reservoir Dogs for you. And I'm like, sounds about right. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, like, well, oh, I can't. I, I, oh, GFI? GFY? No, it was something else, man. And it, oh, maybe it was Suncoast. Suncoast was definitely there because where I got all the old wrestling DVDs and VHSs. It, back it was in the all day. VHSs and DVDs. Yeah, I remember that for sure. So, you and I wake up relatively early. We head to the uh, freaking mall. The mall. And we go into freaking minefields mode. Like, you know, like, nod to each other. See you when I see you. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Let's see who wins. Yeah, it was a good. It was like they had some decent vendors, man. I, I, I did not appreciate that the biggest portion of, like, the, uh, let me phrase that. The most organized, biggest portion of it was like that catty corner place that was all pops. Like, yeah. I never really got a chance to go in. I, I and I was I was thinking about it because I had this big old idea for my uh, my office space. It's a great Trademark. idea. Great idea, by the way. Tell me, tell me the idea. That I'm freaking... if, if you if you want to share. <sighs> I mean, I stole. I'm stealing it from somebody else, so why not? No, I freaking I was I every now and again I'll. Look, at, I'll look up on YouTube for uh, comic book rooms for people, just kind of see how other people have their stuff set up, and freaking like you know move into you know move out of stately stately Morales Manor, correct into stately Morales Palace. Even better, freaking. Uh, I had this whole idea about putting up, getting some, uh, build building a little wall there, just having all the first issues. Our first appearances of certain characters I like. And then having, um, you know, putting the, getting their Pops figures, their Funko Pops. Right. And putting it right in front of them. And I just thought that was a super cool idea. Like, I've got the, uh, I've got the first appearance of Gambit. I've got the first appearance of Black Cat. Uh, recently picked up the first appearance of Batwoman. Um, just a couple of random, I got the first appearance of, uh, Danny Ketch Ghost Rider. Very nice. So I've got all those Funko Pops. So now that I've more more ones I collect, the more I'm like, oh, like I want to get the, uh, I gotta get a Lobo pop now because I picked up the first appearance of Lobo like a month ago, a couple weeks ago. Oh, you like got that. the first appearance of Lobo? Isn't your birthday yeah, coming I, up? In your birthday I got, coming up? I, I got the box. I got the box. Yeah, but came in the, it was in the box. Your birthday's coming up, uh, October. Something like that. October tenth. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a real real shame if someone bought you a McFarlane Lobo. Oh, uh, no. Couldn't have it. Couldn't, couldn't couldn't accept it. We all know, we've talked about that. Freaking Once that door is opened, it cannot be closed. It can't be closed. Uncle Todd deserves his dowry. <laughs> Uncle Todd... Yes, but I, I have not bought Uncle Todd a guest house. Uncle Todd... Deserves. He hasn't. He hasn't responded to your your personalized emails in how many years now? Never. I did, I did get printed in one spawn issue. Um, we talked about that, but even then, the door was closed. Which issue was it again? Uh, it was ninety-seven. I've got, I've got the 97. Oh, issue ninety-seven. 97. Okay, I don't have. 
I don't have that one. I'll have to see if I can find that at some point. It starts the caper off of them going into hell to kill Malbolgia and freaking. Okay. Yeah, it's got a, like my my letters in there. It's, it's on the wall. I love it. It's right next to my Angela action figure, and right next to my Tiffany. I don't mm-hmm. have the first Prince Tiffany. I need to get that. Okay, put that that. That's that's like yeah. I've got the first, I've got the first does the first year of Spawn and a couple sporadic issues. As you should, um, but I don't have the first appearance of Tiffany. Tiffany is actually named off of his sister. Oh okay. And um, yeah, I'm putting that at the top of the list of what need uh, in the hunt we need to. We haven't had a hunt in a while. Uh, well, we we we've had mini hunts, not. Not go to a different state hunt. Yeah, we haven't we haven't gone out of town. Haven't gone out out into the wild, as it were. Yeah, you, in a need, you need to get booked in Lubbock again so we can go on another hunt. <laughs> it's true. We need to get booked somewhere at some point. Agreed. But uh, but but it was it was a great. I I really liked the experience. I it wasn't too packed. Um, yeah. It, it, was, it was contained into a generalized area, and then freaking like the people there were all super cool. You know, we did see some cosplay, which was kind of you know, kind of nice. Yeah, of course. Nothing too crazy though. Freaking, uh, but yeah, no, we uh, met some good people. Freaking got some got some pretty good comic books, man. I got a lot more than I thought, but I freaking I missed out on the one I was looking for. I was really surprised, which is sad because I freaking I, I always forget. Freak, I made that whole point about, oh, I want uh, Amazing Spider-Man 299. Got to get that. Right. And freaking, I'd found one. And I was like, oh, I just need 30 bucks. Because this particular place had uh, only wanted, you know, only took cash. So I was like, hey, you know, get, you know Josh, get 30 bucks, man. And he's like, yeah, I got you, I got you. Or you were like, I got you, I got you. And I go to pick it up. And I'm like, oh, can I get that 299? And the guy looks at me, he's like, you mean that 298? I looked at it and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap!" Because the cover, the covers are so similar. It's so the white background, similar. so similar. With uh, I think the guy, I think the villain's name is Chance, if I remember correctly. You're correct. And, and Spider-Man in the uh, in the black costume. I couldn't blame you uh, because they are that they are that similar. And yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, "All right, I'm squared away from all my Abolita money," and I I did not realize I did not come through on the last win for the bet. Now, we have not made the bet yet for all, all out. For all out. I have a feeling yeah, this I gotta, one's... I gotta, I gotta check out the updated card to find out. I have a feeling this one's gonna be a doozy. I think this one is gonna be... Uh... I don't know, man. It's gonna be interesting. Freaking, they got the, uh, I know they've got the interim women's champion now. Since Free Thunder Rose had to relinquish the belt. She was in a really cool podcast. It's like hot chicks in a in a cheap hot tub. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was really funny. Like these girls, like were legit interesting and freaking like there was a almost nip slip, but uh, even then it was just it, it was it was a cool little gimmick these chicks have like interviewing people in a cheap like like dollar store Walmart hot tub that was practically inflatable. Um, and nice. and uh, it was really funny. Um, Thunder Rosa legit, like, she did a podcast a couple uh, months ago where she went out and got tacos. She does it like every week. That's, that's her. That's her taco podcast. 
I did not know that was a regular thing, man. Like I only saw that's a regular thing on her on her YouTube channel. I've watched a few episodes. I only saw a clip. She of just it. gets tacos and hangs out with random uh, people from wrestling. Well, mostly AEW, of course. But uh, I know like Simon Miller from uh, What Culture was on there. Oh, like, that guy's uh, cool. A couple weeks ago. That guy's cool. Uh, freaking couple people here and there. But right, right so rewind. All right, so can't fault you. I thought it was ninety nine too. I, I legit thought it was too. I had my hopes up. I was like, that's ah, a little bit more than I wanted to pay, but not ridiculously more than I wanted to pay. Now you, you did but, really, you did really well, man. Like, um, uh, what, what were uh, what? Well, obviously, what's in the box? I haven't gotten to the box yet. Talk to them about that after the podcast, or not after after this part. Mm-hmm. But no, I was actually able to put together um, the second half of Craven's Last Hunt. Was you know I found a uh, part two, four, and five, I believe. Yeah, when he didn't uh, when he didn't have uh, two ninety nine, you asked what's in that box, and it had it. That was gnarly. Yeah. So they had the exact issues I was looking for for that. So I was able to able to complete Craven's Last Hunt. I've got the with the trade paperback, but I don't have I didn't have the individual issues. So that was definitely awesome. Let's see what else I picked up. Picked up some good stuff, man. We picked up uh, the original hardware number one. So I got the first prints of hardware from uh, Milestone. My, my personal favorite milestone character. Nice. I uh, was able to pick up Amazing Spider-Man 347 Gnarly with this cover. amazing, with this amazing freaking Eric Larson cover. And uh, with Venom holding up the the skull. Yep, the Spider-Man skull. Is that the one when they're on the island? I haven't read it. Just just picked it up. Yeah, that, I just love the love the cover. That's the one. Where, and before, real quick, uh, for all you minefielders out there that uh, understand what Milestone is, there is a phenomenal documentary about Milestone out there. Like I can't remember if it was on Prime. I'm pretty sure it's on Prime, um, but if not, it's probably like uh, bootlegged on YouTube. But do not. Do not fall asleep on the Milestone uh, documentary. Um, sorry, just wanted to make sure everyone knew. No, no, you're good, man. Freaking uh, one, I was ran one I actually had not seen in the wild before, but I've been looking for it for quite a while. Is a uh, Spider Woman thirty seven, which is actually the first appearance of Ban- the daughter of Banshee Siren, Siren. who was uh, in X Force. Got kind of on an X Force kick a few months ago, and was like. I kind of wonder if I can get everybody's first appearance from the original X-Force team. As you should. Yeah, and I think Siren might have been the last one. So, able to find all those. Yeah, and then we go able to you know, wrap that up, but uh, <laughs> we were at a, uh, at, a, at a certain section of the Event, as it were. I'm not sure we call it a full-blown con, but that guy's section was so bush league. Like he had some like, like okay, these ones are a dollar, these are five. Oh no, those have been mixed in. That guy, you know, didn't put those mm-hmm. ones where they should be. And all right, all right, these are the dollar ones. And 
there was a couple of uh, Ninja Force G.I. Joes that struck my eye that I had back in the day because um, I really into G.I. Joe when I was a kid. I've never been not into G.I. Joe. But the Ninja Force ones, I mean, they had, like, it was, like, one of the first times you could buy a toy of, like, you know, a freaking, like, rice burner. Um, like, motorcycle. And uh, I had that and, a, like, the, the Snake Eyes, he had them all. Like, but, like, some of them were, like, they had a like a sticker on it that said repackaged, and it's like he just kept the blister and like super glued it back. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna find anything here. I'm going through the the freaking uh, dollar, and I find X Men twenty seven, and I'm like, I feel like this should be bigger. <laughs> like I'm like uh, like, but it's it's old enough, and I, you know, what are they gonna do? Stop me? Like don't open it? Like open it? looked at mm-hmm. it, and I'm like, I think this is legit, and he's like, cash only, and I'm like, can you hold it for me? I had to wait behind this couple that couldn't figure out their PIN number for like 10 minutes at this freaking ATM. Oh, I know, I watched. <laughs> it was hysterical. Oh my god, I was losing my I, freaking... I was able to like, circle the place twice, and you were still there. I was losing my freaking mind, man, because like, if I'm on, if I, if I need to go from point A to point Z, anything alphabetical in between is a nuisance mm-hmm. and it's going to make me insane like you're in my way yeah. <laughs> like like it, it it's it's how we got to comic con so fast <laughs> like yeah. um and uh he he held it for me and uh luckily our good buddy over at Muse Comic Books uh George uh was he had a booth there uh, for Muse and he had pretty much an exclusive all GI Joe like like he got a uh, like. Is this yours, George? Because I know like he he's got a ridiculous collection, and he's mm-hmm. like, no, we bought a collection a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know, and he had, he had wonderful GI Joe stuff out, and I'm like, listen, man, um, haven't been in the store in a couple weeks. Get my I've been broke. Uh, he's like, it's cool, man. We got your books, <laughs> and I was like, but I just got this, and can you tell me if it's legit? And he's like, sure. And I'm X-Men 27. He's like, where did you get this? And I'm like, from that guy over there. Like, he'd point to that, like, lame, bald guy that, like, was all fat and dumpy. <laughs> and like, and mm-hmm. he's like, all right. And I'm like, can you tell me if this is legit? Because I, I feel like this book should be bigger. Shouldn't a Silver Age book be bigger? Like, uh, let, uh, let me to preface real quick. This is uncanny X-Men 27. This isn't the second volume 90s Jim Lee run X-Men 27. Good this call. is from the 60s issue 27 of Uncanny X-Men, like the original team. Absolute good call. Like I remember when I like I paid him a dollar and he handed me 19 bucks and he was all like butthurt because I like broke his bank in cash in ones or whatever and uh I'm like, if only there was someone here that could validate this. And yeah. and he's like, all right, let me, he, he, he's like, can I open it? I'm like, yeah, of course you can, man. Like, it's George, man. George could have opened it and ripped it in half. And I've been like, okay, that wasn't the right one. <laughs> um, but he opened it, examined the edges, and the first thing he looked for was the rust on the staples. <clears throat> and I'd never heard of that before. He's like, the rust looks legit on the staples. Uh, not very good condition. I'd say maybe a three point five, maybe four. Um, it didn't have like a kid writing on it or something like that, you know. And like you'd write your name on on stuff. And, yeah, I've got I've got an issue ninety seven. Uncanny, my uncanny X Men ninety six has somebody's name written on it. 
Right. And uh, and then he smells it. And the, he, like, lifted his head, and he's like, where did you get this? <laughs> like, again, that guy over there. And he's like, you got this for a freaking dollar. And I'm like, yeah. And then I went and found you, and I'm like, hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but now that, was, true. that wasn't your Christmas present, man. Like, uh, for I'll get you something good. <laughs> freaking, uh, I, uh, that's more than good enough. I was on freaking nuts a Mimic, you know, man. Great, like I said, 3.5 3. for freaking X-Men, freaking Uncanny X-Men 27 for a dollar. Yeah. Like, like if, nothing, if nothing else says trust the hunt, that says trust the hunt. Trust the hunt. And, the, and trust your buddy, man. Freaking, like, uh, I was like, I found it, and I handed it to you, like, is this real? And you, you knew, like, you put it to your, you put it in your pile. I'm like, ah, oh, dude. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I really thought you, I was like, it was your idea to be like, see if you can get everything under issue ninety four. No, so I was like, hey. No, it was just like. Suddenly, I think with that, I think I've got currently seven issues under ninety four at the moment. No, you've got a great Maybe collection. More. But the thing is about. Like, this goes back, and we've talked about this, like, a year and a half ago. The ethos Mm -hmm. of the hunt, who does it really belong to? Now, if I had been gone through that pile, and there would have been, like, three, four, five, six, one giant size, I would have uh, given him a couple of bucks and said, and and we, and we talked about this rule on the way past the escalator. If any time any one of us slams 100 bucks anywhere that means we have to leave immediately <laughs> that's true we have to leave immediately uh i'm not sure where we would have slammed 100 bucks uh anywhere i mean i could have slammed 100 bucks and and then scuffed it up in my hand but that would have meant mm-hmm. now we gotta go uh but that would have been like if we'd have found like three or four more of those that would have been like in the dollar bin i would have thrown the hundy down and been like Run to go before they realize what they did. Run to your car, like that's like you drove. That means whoever drove runs at the car, and I will walk briskly out of here to not draw attention. <laughs> and and yeah, this is true. We gotta get the hell out of here, <laughs> like mm-hmm. absolutely. And like and back to these the hunt. Uh, trust the hunt, but who did that book belong to more? You. Not Cardona. I'll give you that. It was cool bumping <laughs> into Cardona. It was cool bumping into Cardona. Mean, cheers to Cardona. Cheers to what you're actually cheering to. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good to run into one of the good guys. Freaking One of the good guys. A good, a good buddy Cardona freaking and his now no longer girlfriend, now fiance. Good for him. No, good for him, man. He's he's a great guy. It was such a it was it was such a breeze of fresh air, like getting to see him, and he was excited to see us, and um, it was it was just a good time. Like, um, yeah. well, we we're not even halfway through it, man. Like, uh, freaking, uh, I'm on my way to the ATM, and this mm-hmm. dude has this like giant Tupperware thing that's like you know one of those big containers that's like two feet tall. Filled yep. with, with card containers. And the first thing my eyes fall on is what's my in the box X Men Series 2. I've wanted this. 
I have wanted X Men series two series entire set since it, since it came out. It was always way too expensive. I'd find it for thirty forty five. Mm-hmm. This was th- this was fifteen. And uh, okay, this is mine now. And I, he had a bunch more. Uh, he uh, remember we went to Vans and series three the the ones that were like the extra the first ones that were glossy. Uh, that were yeah. all the painted ones, that not the Marvel masterpiece, the X Men painted ones, like the like Boris mm-hmm. Vallejo and Julie Bell, uh, freaking like, like they were all forty five, fifty bucks. I'm okay, that looks yeah. great. All right, that's cool. Um, I got that set because the drunk guy that lived in the cul de sac that knew I was in the X Men, that was a card collector and comic collector, had bought uh, two boxes of it, and. Uh, he came over drunk one night and said, "Hey, I think Josh wants these," and he sorted out all the, you know the, you know the chase ones. But he gave mm-hmm. me he he gave me the whole set, and it's one of my cherished possessions, man. Like it was just just some dude that knew that I I needed it. I really needed that. My friends had more yeah. money than me, <laughs> like, and I had the whole freaking set. And but like the the but the series two was the one that was the the big one for me, like freaking, like I got the uh, first series set, the one that was all done by Jim Lee for like ten bucks at Comic Con a couple of years ago, and um, that was in the first series. And I remember getting a, a couple of them when buying the first series of Toy Biz toys, but like that was only the first wave. And after that, it was all the red ones, and yeah. and uh, he had a there was. He had some cool cards there, and uh, I went through some books that were all dollar, and I rescued a. Um, you know, I have I have two of them, but um, Batman and Robin, Grant Morrison, number one. First full appearance, of Professor Pig. Yep, and number two, number six, the first appearance of uh, what's his name. Oh, the Flamingo. Yeah, the Flamingo. First appearance of Flamingo, 8, 9, and 10. And then at another place that we're selling books for a dollar or five, Cable number one, the first book when uh, him and Hope went into the future and when Bishop first started chasing them for a dollar. But I had to pay $10 for what you know is one of the ridiculous books I'm on the hunt for is the Now series of Married with Children. This is another one of the number ones, and uh, nice. yeah, and uh, in that set, I was um, in the in the overpriced box. They had the first appearance of Black Lightning, and I put it into uh, a different box that someone might not find real quick, and I'm mm-hmm. I, I raced to freaking find you. And on the way there, I bumped into this chick that's been messaging me on Facebook for the past couple of years, but like she's always busy. And oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> oh my god, it's good to see you. It's really good to see you too. I really have to go. This is kind of an emergency. <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, I'll see you later." And I, I'm, I'm like, I didn't have my uh, my glasses on. I'm just scanning for the red shirt. And found you over a homeboy that tricked you into your two ninety nine and uh, freaking so close. Uh, do you have Black Lightning for experience? Yeah, I've got all those. 
screw you. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't say that. Yeah, no, I got, <laughs> dude, I legitimately have every issue of freaking Black Lightning from the 70s and every one of his six-issue miniseries he's ever been in. I've got every, I've got all his, uh, Batman, I've got the original run of Batman and the Outsiders. I've got a ridiculous amount of Black Lightning. Now, Black Lightning is awesome. Now, I did not know you had those. I had done a full circle around the entire little Comic-Con mini area, walking as mm-hmm. fast as I could, trying to find you, worried that some jerk is going to freaking find that where I hit it. And you're like, no, I got it. And I'm like, and then I turn around because I wanted to see where she was, and she was gone. Ah. Uh. It's okay. It was not deserved. But I love, <laughs> I love you that much. I appreciate that. Tony's black, light, Tony's black lightning, black lightning for Tony. Black, Tony you know, and all so, when I put up my uh, my whole thing with the pops, I do have black lightning number one, first prince black lightning, and I also have the black lightning pop. Word. Now you need to take a picture so of it so we can put it on as, there. We got to put that as one of the photos that accompanies that because that's awesome. But uh, yeah. all right, so where are we now? Like timeline wise, like like I, I've I found. Uh, a few books. I wasn't really uh, the the dude that had the the dollar X Men twenty seven had five dollar freaking two of the Death and the Family and I'm like no I'm gonna buy the whole set and um, I saw some things I wanted but Death in the Family or Death of the Family Death in the Family sorry my bad so the the one the one with Tim Drake or uh, Jason Todd yeah they they didn't they didn't have the good ones they had like two. They had like two, two and three. three. They had two and three, and it. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, I want the whole set because if I'm gonna get a whole set from someone, I know it's gonna be cherry, and they weren't. They didn't look as. Uh, honestly, they probably in good condition, but the poly bags they're in look beat up, and I was like, mm. yeah. <laughs> no, I had, to, I had to walk away from a uh, complete run of Secret Wars. Oh. I had, I had to think about that one. I was like, oh, I'm just not not there. Not yet. Because I, 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 I was actually the reverse of you. I was like, if I'm going to get it, I kind of want to piece it together. I think it'd be kind of fun to, fun to, fun to mess with. No, and I agree. But like, I mean, but four books as opposed to like, like twelve or nine. It was it was twelve, but it was twelve books. For, but I think the price was it was it was. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I've seen it for higher, but it was like four hundred and fifty bucks right then and there, and I was like, I just. My Secret Wars is signed. I can't go for it right now. My Secret Wars is signed by Jim Shooter. Mm. Oh, that's fancy. It's fancy, man. It's fancy. I'll be buried with it. I'm going to have to have, like, I'm going to have to be buried in an iron crate that no one can, like, ever, like, jackhammer open because I'm, like, my freaking, like. It should be buried in a safe deposit box. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I don't want my family to dig me up. <laughs> Get robbed. Pick up anything else from uh, from Comic Con? Uh, the Married with Children. No, uh, I, I like I was just so hungry afterwards. Like you dropped me off and yeah, uh, freaking I got right in my car and went straight to Raising Cane's. It took me forty five minutes to get from my house, get the food, freaking to eat. Like the traffic, uh, the traffic is so bad. I, like it was practically like three quarters eaten on the way there. Just, but I got my raisin canes. I, I don't know why I was, I was, 
wanting some fried chicken, but freaking, um, after that, just worked on some art and nice. went and hung out with my folks, had some red chili enchiladas and had a beer with my pops, the old man and freaking, uh, I would say that was a successful freaking day, man. Like, uh, it, oh, was, yeah. it was a mini hunt. I mean, like, like. I was dead. I would definitely call it a full blown hunt. Like we went there with the uh, with the desire to find some good books, and we did. Yeah, but we didn't get food, and that's the one thing I was saying. That's why it's it's not a full blown hunt for me because on the hunt we always stop and get food. I mean, like that's true. In my opinion, one of the best parts of the hunt was like we got to go to Brahms. Why are we going to Brahms? We got to get the crinkle fries, and you're like. I didn't order Dr. Pepper. You're roasting me. Okay, fine. You take one bite of those finger fries and you're like... Not gonna say it. <laughs> not gonna say it. Those Brahms crinkle fries. Those Brahms crinkle fries were... Mm. They were pretty bomb. But yeah, it's really funny you bring up freaking... Uh, Death in the Family. Yeah, Death in the Family. And Jason Todd. Because freaking this week, uh, my uh, what's in the box is actually Batman 357. First appearance. First appearance of Jason Todd. Segway! Pretty, yeah, pretty much perfect segue. Freaking ended up, uh, ended up winning a bid on it. Freaking substantially cheaper than I'd uh, plan on spending. So that was pretty awesome. That's awesome, man. When did that come in the mail? I got it freaking Monday night, I believe. I called you Monday night. I'm just kidding. I didn't call you that night. <laughs> so, pretty hard... awesome. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I got to get it in a better freaking better bag, but I'll take care of that later on. Yeah, there's. Uh, I got to show you the uh, cases I have most of my signs in. Uh, they're usually like okay. three or four bucks. Ed has them, but they're worth it. Nice. Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. I've got a couple ones that came in. Some of my more high-priced stuff has come in uh, those freaking little cases. So I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're not like full-on CG whatever screw them, you know, mm-hmm. can't get them out, but like it's a little it's it, it'll fit the the poly bag boarded inside mm-hmm. nice and cherry and uh they're pretty scratch proof and um it like my she signed by tooch is in there freaking uh my salmon number one uh oh by the way um have you are you caught up on she on she hulk i'm caught up on she hulk yes now for those of you guys who are just joining in uh, my art studio, uh, which is a podcasting studio slash painting slash freaking uh, comic drawing and writing, is covered in posters. But the cherry on the Sunday is the Jennifer Walters' most epic She-Hulk poster that's ever happened. Like, every time I showed anyone photos of this with all the amazing posters my y2j constrictor my hero uh you know life-size cardboard thank you age all my freaking uh aw figures my uh, photo of stan lee uh freaking uh everyone just zeroes in even my mom was like that's a cool she-hulk poster this is the she-hulk this is the she-hulk education for fledgling fledgling comic book creators 
studio, and uh, I, I'm gonna tell you, man, it really kind of teed uh, teed me off, man. Freaking like like it was 30 minutes long, maybe 35. I'm like, you gave us 45 an hour last time, <laughs> like that's true. It was such a tease, like. Don't tell me all that. I, I, I find it kind of refreshing, actually. I was like, like, don't have to spend an hour. Like, this is something you just kind of ingest, enjoy, and just move on with my day. Yeah. I thought it was kind of nice, actually. I do like that perspective, but I love Tatiana that is doing, and I mentioned before, she was Ghost in Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed, uh, my second favorite movie of all time. Nice. And uh, But she's doing a killer job. Like, she, like, they're really personifying what, like, did, did it make you think about why people like Peter Parker since the 60s? Like, like down and out guy, always needs money, always having problems with his girlfriend, and he's not, he's not like, cheating on her or anything like that, but she's, like, she wants to be a freaking lawyer. That That's what she wants to do, and now she's cursed and um, as, as a mini-Hulk. Um, but for yeah, I hadn't thought about it. That's a good point. Like, there's that whole thought process that he don't like she doesn't want to be the superhero she just wants to live her life and you know this 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 it's the curse of greatness it just kind of it was flung upon her and now she's she's stuck and even in her in her freaking real life job as a lawyer she's you know she's kind of put on this she hulk pedestal because she's you know, now she's she's the freak lawyer basically right and Bruce just laughs completely off, freaking like, oh, you're the She-Hulk. That's hilarious. Oh, by the way, I'm on my way to Sakaar. <laughs> and, yeah. um, which I hope is building towards a World War Hulk, because we did not get that. We were stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then... Um, she's doing a good job, and like she's just trying to make it work, man. Uh uh, the only thing I really want is more of a friendship with the Wasp, uh, which is something mm-hmm. they've built up with uh, a lot for the past, like, decade. Uh, Freaking um, her with Jack of Spades. I really enjoy that for the past couple issues in uh, actual She-Hulk and the, within the Fantastic Four. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a lot of fun. And it, she just she just wants to, like... My, my question to you is... And my question that I've always had with Jennifer Walters, just in general, is who is she trying to prove herself to? I mean, like, she always proves herself. I mean, even when, like, she went freaking, like, Red Hulk uh, when she got kidnapped by the Soviets a couple months ago uh, and betrayed the Avengers. uh, Not her fault, um, but... Totally her fault. (laughs) I I don't read it, so I really don't know. No, it's absolutely absolutely not her fault, but freaking, like, she was... I would would totally buy a Savage She-Hulk number one just to have it, but I I, I can honestly say I've never read a single issue of She-Hulk. No, I've read She-Hulk almost all my life. I love the She-Hulk. When I got, when old Uncle Ed bestowed me on the highest pedestal and granted me from left to right... The owner of this folded up freaking promo I got for free, and yeah, you can have it. I don't care. Uh, she Hulk poster. That's what it felt like. I I love that I have the She Hulk 
right here. And she's beautiful, and she's not freaking... Um, she's not China. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be rude, or trying to be disgusting, but you've seen it. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, she's got her, her Reeboks on, man, and, and it's all yellow, freaking... Like, I sent the photo to Belanger, and he's like... I, I like I had a drawing I had on the on my drawing board, thinking he'd look mm-hmm. at that, and he was like, "That's a boss She-Hulk poster, bro." <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, I get it. All right, cool. It is a boss She-Hulk poster, but uh, oh, even when you're not trying to impress with the poster, you're impressing with the poster. Yeah, impressing with the poster. Oh, so that yeah. kind of hurts a little bit in my life. So if anyone comes yeah, in... Yeah, here I am trying to impress good old Daddy Belanger, and here we are. Yeah, we'll get him in. He's a mother trucker. It's taken him almost two years to finish mother trucker. Two. Oh, wow. But uh, I don't know what's going on. I, I mentioned him every now and then, but uh, freaking... Uh, he had a solid... Like, when mother trucker inception was, like, a little bit before COVID, but... Mm-hmm. He had like no obstacles in the way, so yeah, not gonna fault the the very nice Canadian gentleman that gives me art tips and freaking tells me about the business. Hmm. What you got next? Uh, that was what I got. Uh, that was my big. I only had one today, but it was noise. Yeah, I, I pulled out a couple of my uh, other card sets that I'm pretty proud of, like my uh, X Men series one. Um, my, this one apparently is kind of rare, uh, the Women of Marvel set, which is all. Yeah, I can't say I've ever seen those before, actually. Yeah, and this came out right after Neil Gaiman pulled that freaking shark attack on Uncle Todd and stole, not stole, stole back what was stolen from him, Angela, and sold Angela to Marvel in, uh, it's a it's a wonderful glorious set. If you guys can find it, like I highly suggest just having it. There's a lot of good stats and freaking uh, um, quotes in the back. But then the other one is my Strangers in Paradise set. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, they're they're like they they smell so good, dude. Like uh, I think is it Fantagraphics that did this? No, Comic Images did this. 1996 Terry Moore. My first comic book shirt that I bought on my own was uh, a Stranger in Paradise shirt. And oh, nice. A huge, huge freaking uh, portal in my heart for... Did I tell you about when I found all the Strangers in Paradise books uh, at when uh, Atomic Pop was having their going out of business sale? And mm-hmm. uh, they had... A, they. They priced them super low. I think I got them for like $3 each. I got almost all of them that completed oh, the nice. entire original run. But the fr- I, I went home... How, how many issues that original run? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I want to say something around 90. Um, okay. It's a good but, size run. But the thing is is that it was... It went through a few different publishers. It was like Abstract and then Image and then back to Abstract and then uh, Strangers in Paradise. Okay. Um, well, I, I I get home by myself a nice, glorious bottle of Canadian Mist that, you know, just so classy. 
and uh, I open the first book, and it's like to June. Love Terry Moore. Put the book down. Walked away. Did I just see that? <laughs> like, like somebody sold. Like it was the the first two graphic novels were signed by him, and they had no idea. Um, oh wow! You got it for three bucks. For three dollars. Uh, I'm not June. Uh, debuted in 1993. Um, let's see. How many issues? Three plus... <laughs> plus 82. So yeah, 90-something. 90-something. <laughs> and nice. uh, they restarted a couple years ago. I've got all of those. Uh, just Catherine and Kachu, um doing their thing. And it was uh, basically international spy deprogrammed meets up with someone she's always loved and it wasn't it was it was a beautiful story about two women in love then there's spy stuff going on and freaking uh uh the the buddy that the friend zone buddy (laughs) it was it was all black and white and freaking um just glorious like form work when it comes to artwork Terry Moore has done a lot of publications in terms of how to draw women, how to draw men, how to draw faces, but freaking, um, he knows what he's doing. And like, you know how much I hate talking heads. Like, Mm -hmm. like when they, when they're being intimate, it's not like, it's not like, uh, and I'm not trying to be crass here. Like, it's not like. Yeah, it was the mid '90s, so you're thinking like big fake boobs and like you know like the real high panties and like and just mm-hmm. a lot of lurid. No, it was some curvy women. Um, it, it was never in any way like X-rated, but it he yeah. perfectly portrayed two two women just in love. It's not a cash grab. I, mean, I didn't do this because. All the lesbians are going to buy my comic books. No, no. It was just a wonderful story, and it had a lot of suspense, a lot of drama. It, it, it was a, a full-blown lesbian spy soap opera. Okay. And the the shirt I got barely had any print on it. It was just the wisp of, uh, of uh, Catherine's hair. And a little bit of her eyes. It was more like a, almost like a Warhol or even like one of those like old school, like, uh, like the cover of Duran Duran's Rio, like a lot of good stuff, man. And thank you for letting me go on about that. Sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no problem. It's just different art, man. And, and what people like, and it's a specialty thing. And like, uh, we, we talked about it when we were walking into the freaking comic con on the hunt, like, mm-hmm. like how am I going to find all these vertigo issues? You're not. <laughs> Uh, we'll figure it out, you know, but, like, uh, trust the hunt. Like we said, you gotta, you gotta trust the hunt. Trust the hunt. The hunt shall provide. The hunt shall provide. Now, before we and, get into comics, mm-hmm. do you have any introspectiveness onto what happened last week and what happened this week on AEW? Because, um... Not at all. Not at all. We're gonna, no, I'm just kidding. We're gonna keep mum. No, it's uh, it's it's interesting, you know. Now that I want, I mentioned it, I asked you if you'd watched it before the 
podcast last week, the uh, the title match, the title unification match between CM Punk and John Moxley. I dig the idea of the unification match. Okay, so it's like a little bit smaller, and you're just like holding like someone's beer until they get back, and you're getting thrown into a gauntlet while that's happening. That's actually really cool. Um, but yeah, like. It was it was interesting because it you know it went from being the pay per view main event for All Out to uh, to on this show randomly they just changed it and then partway through the show they made a point to point out that the main event for the evening was actually going to be uh, Will Osprey and Ozzy Open taking on Death Triangle, uh, Pac, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon. Yeah. Um, in the six-man tag title tournament that they were doing, which also culminated all out. So it went from being the main event of a pay-per-view to the main event of a weekly Dynamite to not even the main event. And I was just like, "This is like something's something's going to happen here. Like there, there's a reason they're doing this." In terms of like, were your suspicions on edge? In terms of like. There's a reason why it's, it keeps getting demoted, or like yeah. it keeps getting it keeps getting moved down. Like there, are, there's obviously something going on, whether it is behind the scenes or if something is. There's a reason they're not. They're, they don't trust it in the main event slot. Okay. You know, it's a lot of the a lot of the shows. You know, a lot of big shows. If they, as long as they end well, you're fine. Right. You know, but you can you can have an amazing show, but if the freaking if you don't land if you don't freaking sink you know hit hit the landing right, that people will crap all over it. It's not how it's not how you started out. Starting out is immensely important. Like I'm I'm a huge believer in other than the main event, the opening match is the biggest most important part of a card. You're 100% correct, and you, you taught but, me that. Yeah, but it, and when all said and done, it's how you leave them. The main event, if people think the main event was amazing, or even if you have, like, if it's a so-so main event, but you have, like, a post-match angle that's really, that really hits home with people, it can, it can save a bad show. It really can. And I was like, there's reasons they're doing this. And, you know, they start off the match, blah, blah, blah. You know, two minutes, 17 seconds later, or something along those lines, Moxley hits him with two uh, Death Riders and pins him. You know, they did a whole thing where CM Punk went for a kick. It freaking hurt. He, he you know, his uh, plant foot was the, the leg he'd, he'd injured, and he basically twisted his ankle, and he went down. Moxley worked over the foot for a second and then hit two finishers and, you know, hit his freaking Death Rider twice and pinned him. And it was just this thing. And I was like, well, that's why they did it. You know, because freaking, you know, it's the whole thing's like, well, Moxley won, cool, but it wasn't, it wasn't that great. Like, it wasn't the barn burner epic one would expect these two to have. You know, and I, I thought about it and I was like, you know, maybe they're building up for something else with a pay-per-view. They can have a big comeback or a debut or something. Who knows? But freaking, you know, maybe the reason they did this was because they didn't feel like 
like Punk was 100%. He wasn't ready to do it. Are you okay with him wrestling not 100% to put this angle over to keep things going and, and the storyline um, like somewhat cohesive? Well, that, that's that's kind of what I'm getting to because like if that were complete like he had to he had to drop the belt. He couldn't just give it up, especially with what happened with Thunder Rosa or, uh, later on in the card, I believe, where she had to she had to give up the uh, the women's title due to a back injury. And it's like, oh, you can't do that with the, the men's title and the women's title. That's 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 a lot, you know. And like part of me was like, okay, if Punk, if Punk did it, and if Punk is still legitimately hurt, you know, basically I was like. The champion, you know, you know, it's a it's a person by person thing. It's up to you as an individual, but you know, he did what he had to do to it. You know, he couldn't defend the belt, so he dropped the belt to Moxley to because he he you know it's the belt, it's the big belt, the like that. Big, you know, as far as big, big old belt, yeah, you know, as far as what we're doing, you know, you can't, you know, there's a there's a big thing about. Does the belt make the champion, or does the champion make the belt? And you can't say that if you just have to turn around and give up the belt. And it's like, ah, oh, there's there's gonna be that that stink over it. Like in NXT when Oscar got called up to the main roster, and she just vacated the belt. Dude, that was such garbage. I was so yeah. furious. I was so yeah. furious. And then the woman she had just finished feuding with for the belt won the belt in the four way. It was Ember Moon, uh, and it was like, why couldn't why couldn't she just lose the belt to Ember? And then like it like it does it hurts the person who goes on to hold the belt because you're like they didn't beat the champion for it. Are you? And that 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 is important. That's extremely important. I mean, like to, to rewind just a little bit, like if 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 Punk had like won, it would have completely delegitimized everything they were doing with the interim belt. Plus you, um, and it's such a great parallel when it comes to exactly what we're talking about. Like, there's no way that like with when it came to Asuka, like Oscar, like freaking, if they did, I, I that was one like I was already like. My foot was stuck in the mud, and I couldn't get out of it. When it came to like, they're lying to us. They're they're mm-hmm. they're giving us terrible storylines. Like, who freaking ran up and made Oscar memorize this in English, <laughs> like uh, ten minutes beforehand? Like, and um, I completely agree. Uh, I, I'm uh. I, I usually relent because I, I get it. You're twenty years in the business, but like. Uh, I do know psychology and how to write stories, um, but freaking um, when it came to Thunder Rosa, I was like, "Okay, this just happened." Um, but then what I what I landed on was uh, one of my favorite things about AEW is they don't punish people when they get hurt. Yeah. So that's what I landed on. Um, I haven't really thought anything more of it in terms of storyline because I'm just more uh, elated uh, or actually more relieved that they're not going to bury somebody because they got hurt. And that's like one of my biggest gripes about the wrestling industry 
is like uh, they punished they punished Rollins. We've talked about it before. Like he came back and you know it, the the storyline was garbage and like it was him and Finn Balor and what does he do? He throws Finn Balor in one of the barricades and like well, we got to vacate the belt next day and that was garbage. And, mm-hmm. and um, what I'm trying to say it boils down to disrespect to the fans that want a good story and. They understand it's not real. We get it. But freaking, like, keep us involved. I mean, like, you're not going to open up the the pages of a, a freaking ghostwriter story. This isn't realistic. <laughs> like, like yeah. there's a certain sense of disbelief that you walk into the building with. And if you disrespect that, how dare you? Like, like, like were you not paying attention? I mean, like, I understand there's... And we, we've talked about it before, not really on the podcast, but, like, when... Uh, the show's about to happen, and what went wrong? <laughs> like before we, it even starts, and we figure it out. But it's never like some BS freaking uh, band aid, or oh they won't care. Oh they won't care. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's just real interesting going back to the CM Punk Moxley thing though, because like I was thinking about it, and it was like you know if this is if this is legit, you know that kind of it kind of makes CM Punk kind of the ultimate company man because he was willing to risk the injury to freaking put Mox over. Like he was, it was, you know, if he, you know, if he was not 100%, it was obviously booked around that. Right. Because I've definitely, I've definitely had matches where you've had to book around stuff for guys. Like I had a guy that I didn't know until about 10 minutes before the match once. But he had he had gone through a table on concrete and really messed up his back, and he didn't tell me about it. And it was it was a three way match, and I, I told him right then and there. Like I pulled the uh, I pulled the the veteran card, and I was like, "Well, you're not bumping in this match." He's like, "No, I'm bumping." I was like, "You take one bump. I'm gonna I'm gonna no. I'm just gonna I'm gonna give up the dollar. I'm gonna beat your ass." Yeah. Freaking. And I told him that, and I was like, you know, you're, you know, this is dumb. You shouldn't be here. It's too late to change things now. So this is what we're gonna do. And he did not bump once in that match. Yeah, but there's some. Freaking... I'm sorry, I got excited. I apologize. Please keep going. I, I apologize. No, you're good. But yeah, no, I just, you know, sometimes you know, there are ways to to work around stuff if need be to get through a match without causing, you know damage and you know these two guys are two two of the guys that really should you know are able to do that you know and another thing too is like it's really funny though because like for the last couple of weeks you know i'm not a huge dirt sheet reader but i watch like the youtube videos for like certain places like wrestle talk and whatnot yeah um freaking love those guys ollie and luke are amazing and the whole crew's great but um you know, for for the last few weeks, we've been hearing all this not this talk about oh, CM Punk's got heat with the locker room. Oh, CM Punk isn't the, you know isn't their guy. Blah blah blah. I'm like, if CM Punk went out there and freaking did legitimately wrestle hurt, he's like the penultimate company guy because he he put you know his own health on the back burner, even in a controlled situation for the company. And that's while you guys are talking about how he's got all this massive amounts of heat. 
Yeah, the rag sheets are something else, man. I, I, I don't go to the rag sheets anymore at all, actually. Like, uh, like it's it's just not something I do anymore. I, ju- I just don't want to read poor journalism and people yeah. that, like, uh, like I said earlier, we were joking, and I'm like, oh, it's just like the rag sheets, but only time will tell. It's like, the, what a terrible ending. Like, they say it all the time on ringside scoops and, or, <clears throat> or whatever it's called. And I hate that sort of journalism. I was trained differently. I was trained like get the freaking story, and um, but but I, I do want to rewind a little bit. Um, okay. So, you're about to wrestle a guy you just found out he's hurt. Mm-hmm. And I've wondered about this for a while. Your footsteps, Falco. Yeah, maybe. Go on. Are you crying? No. I took my it's money. Took my money and I pissed it all the way down the horse track. They're gonna mm-hmm. take my pub. You had to make the snap decision. And uh, the difference between like, and for for the people that understand, um, here or just tuning and just found us, uh, the replacements is a big like. I don't want to say like a big, but a freaking like if you it's I, classic. You it I, might be the greatest. It might be the greatest movie of all time. If you and I had a heart, one of the four chambers would be everything that's in the replacements. We, how many times have we said Donde Scott after something crazy, or Donde Scott, uh, just another duck on the water. Um, duck on the water. Uh, I want the ball. Um, yeah. Um, someone made it. Crappy call. When a fat guy scores, you get a fat guy dance. You get a fat guy dance. I mean, like, uh, there, there's a lot of great stuff that we pulled from that, and like that was like in our first freaking conversation, and uh, yeah, you, you you were footsteps that day, and freaking way to pull it off, man. Like, uh, do you feel that? Let me phrase this question because I'm still trying to form it in my head. I, Obviously, I'm a big CM Punk fan. You know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if he had to wrestle Hurt in an obviously not too crazy match, that um, but was still v- highly entertaining. It wasn't mm-hmm. that. Fa- it wasn't that fast um, in terms of like like it was like spear, Superman punch, pop up power bomb, and then one two three. Uh, they paced it. I, I felt that they paced it just right enough that it ended fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. No problem, but it still protected the idea of the interim belt. But like, I mean, like, I, did it piss you off, man? Like, like you find out this guy's hurt, and freaking all of a sudden you've got to make the audible. I mean, because that's that's a full on audible. I mean, like, like obviously, like. You know the ending, but freaking, uh, how do I protect this guy to protect the storyline and make the match good? I mean, like, I hope you took it out on the other guy. Yeah. No, it's really you know it is you know it is what it is. Like I wasn't I wasn't mad about it. Like it was just, it was it seemed like a means to an end. And like when I told you about it, I was like you know I had like I said I got my pain like. You know, if this is real, then CM Punk's the ultimate freaking, you know, he's the ultimate company man. You know, he's willing to wrestle hurt. And this is, you know, this is a day and age where freaking people get, you know, 
hurt their pinky toe and all of a sudden they're out six months. Yeah. You know? And freaking... You know, but I made it a point. I, I The last text I sent you in that message, or one of the last texts, was freaking... You know, but if they still wrestle the pay-per-view, then we gotta, then it is what it is. Yeah. Because I'm like, then it's just a part of the story. And freaking... You know, from what it looks like, that's what they're doing. And, like, that actually kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Because I'm like... They, 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 it's too quick. This is, this is freaking the summer punk, freaking 2011, where they did all this stuff with CM Punk, where they had this amazing build to this match, and then CM Punk beats John Cena at Money in the Bank in front of the Chicago crowd, blows Vince McMahon a kiss as he exits through the crowd. Now, and then he comes back eight days later. Well, what if I throw down the card you always throw down? What if it's a work? No, and then it's a work. Then, but that's the thing. It t- the thing about it is though, is it's them telling you it's a work. Are you saying there's more drama in 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 a better story in him wrestling hurt, or are you saying that there's more drama that it's a work and he actually, you know, legitimately lost to Moxley last week and takes it over at all out. The thing about it is, is the stories in Punk coming back. Because Punk wrestled her. Punk got her. Freaking, he went into the match injured. He, Moxley didn't beat Punk at his best. Right. Now, if you do, like, the whole, the whole story when Punk came back was that he was wrestling guys that he wouldn't have been wrestling when he was a top guy. Like, he was building himself up match by match by match. Like, he was he was wearing... Like, you could visibly... Like, the story was him knocking off the ring rushed. Right. And building... They, they spent a year building up to him getting earning a title shot because the story was in him getting the ring rushed off and him... Because he hadn't been in a ring in, you know, eight years. And that was, that was the story. Now, the best thing they could do was freaking have Moxley, like, I, you know, there's a couple of names that come to mind, you know, but Moxley should have give Mox a little bit of a run. Let Mox wrestle three, four guys. That's a good point. Defend, defend the belt the way he has been defending the belt. Because if you really look at it, Omega's not the company guy. Adam Cole isn't the company guy. John Moxley is the company guy. Because throughout the entire pandemic, who's the guy they trusted with the belt? Mox. Moxley. Moxley. CM Punk goes down with an injury. Who do they trust with the belt? Mox. Mox. When they had their first big pay-per-view, who was their first debut? Mox. Man, the freaking day needs to be like 15 hours longer because... We could probably have a comic done in a month if the day was like at least three hours longer. Probably. <laughs> freaking. But, like, that, but that's that's the story though. Is freaking you let Mox be the dominant champion, you know? But you freaking the whole time CM Punk's getting you know. He's he's coming back from injury. He's having a couple matches. He stumbles, but he still overcomes the issue. It's not. And good. you build up to that match in six to nine months. Where, you know, you beat me. You beat me for the belt. You're the champion. You've earned that. 
but you didn't beat me at my best. And that's, that's, you know, until you've done that, you are not the champion. There's your story. There's the story. And instead, we're getting it on Sunday. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm going to take the boiler hit. That is a goddamn juicy ass story. That's, that, that's not a, that's not a freaking like, bologna sandwich. That's a freaking uh, ribeye, perfectly mid-rare. You got the sautéed onions. You got the sautéed freaking mushrooms. Uh, soaking a balsamic for the dipping, just in case you, you get squirrely. And uh, all your favorite people around. That is a juicy story. We, we say meat and potatoes, but we... I mean, it just, extra, it's just, it's fun. Extra, it gives you a reason extra, to care. Extra fixings. It, it protects the story. It protects the wrestler, most importantly. Um, and it doesn't take people out of the story. You're 100%, man. And, like, and the, the, the one thing about what I saw the clips of when I, I got home late, I, I got some late night a-hole. Um, had to be on the phone with him for like an hour and a half. Freaking had, and, I didn't get home uh, to my casa around like nine thirty, and uh, freaking, mm-hmm. uh, I was I was stewing on this and thinking about storylines and saw when I was taking uh, you know having my gentlemanly uh, relaxation moment when you get home, obviously. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, freaking, I saw some of the dirt sheets and the the videos, and like freaking, what's his name comes out and grabs the contract. I think they're gonna like. First thought is that like he's gonna hand it to Kenny. That they're gonna want to put it right back on Kenny, and I think that's like, that's my biggest fear right now. Is that everything you just talked about? Everything's so awesome. So many potentials mm-hmm. is that homeboy is gonna like he didn't sign it, he just grabbed it, ran away. Um, I'm thinking they're gonna give it to Kenny. Well, I hope not. That'd be the, that'd be a huge mistake right now. Freaking, so that's the thing they're doing. They're doing similar story with Kenny. Like Kenny's back, but he's not. He's not 100. percent He's in this freaking six man tournament for a reason. Yeah, but even then, like. He's still a workhorse, and um, you said it before. I mean, like, yeah, like before AEW, he was. And I, well, I mean, I've said it before. I don't remember you saying it explicitly that before AEW happened, um, Kenny was, in my opinion, the greatest wrestler on the planet. But he also had the best opponents, and that's. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I just kept enjoying everything that happened. And, you know, him and Golden Lovers and, like, freaking, like, he had a lot of things working for him. But, like, yeah. that's not there for him now. Like, I don't give a god... Nope, I'm not, not doing the mark. I did one. You did one. Freaking, uh, how much people love the Young Bucks. I, I don't like them anymore. Like, I, I didn't like them when they first came out. I got seduced into liking them, and now I just, I don't, I think the Meltzer Bomb is retarded, and freaking, like, their matches are just boring, and I don't care. They're very formulaic. 
I don't like their. It's it's always the same entrance. I don't care about what Nike shoes you have, and and the the worst part about it. The worst part about it to me specifically is that their performance in Being the Elite is why I don't watch Being the Elite anymore. I haven't watched Being the Elite in almost a year and a half. Oh wow! Like it, it's it, like it, it like. Even, like, Evil Uno and frickin' the Dark Order, like, they were over the top and kind of ridiculous, but I could put up with it because I really loved watching Being the Elite. And the more and more it became more about the Young Bucks stacking their paper, like, okay, I'm glad you're successful. Uh, frickin', like, go back to being the ragtag guys or frickin' showing you and your family boxing up shirts and, like, like everything you you stood for you're just a couple assholes from fucking Cucamonga. Alright, three. No two. Back in the lead. Freaking it just it just bothers me and um I, I hope I mean it's all out, man. This is special. I mean like like the one of the reasons I loved all in was that it was something special. And mm-hmm. all out last year was awesome. Uh, freaking all please don't please don't do what we don't want you to do like don't don't break our hearts don't don't shatter what little kayfabe we have and what what we believe in storylines because like I mean like even at our fed uh, we care about the story what makes sense what will make the crowd happy what will surprise the crowd what will uh, keep the crowd invested not what will put the freaking young bucks over like like, in no way have we ever been like okay so how are we going to put Cody over this week sure that's what I got on that one man I just I I yeah, I mean, I get it, man. I freaking like it's young know, books are you know, I, I respect what they do, but freaking I'm not not a personal fan. Just you know, not just doesn't no, not meant for me. My last thought as we move uh, from wrestling to comics is is uh, the more and more I see from what little I read of the rags is that WB is getting good again. And I don't want to be seduced by my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, right? I mean, it's... I can't even remember the last time I watched a non-pay-per-view episode of like Raw or SmackDown or anything. It's been a minute. I haven't watched the last two WrestleManias. Or, like, we didn't even know SummerSlam was on that night. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, I, I got, like, two books, man. Like, uh, there's two good Spawn books, uh, but frickin' after this week, I want to talk about some positivity, and uh, I need a little bit of a little quick break before we get into the comics, man, because frickin' drinking a lot of water. Slash whiskey. What you got in the in the old uh, Manor de Morales Cupski there? You got some... Uh, Ah, I just finally found some lemonade. Oh, I guess like that. Uh, it's lemonade and water. 
But yeah, man, let's take a break and we'll get into some comics. Let's get into some comics. BRB for everyone that used to use Yahoo Pager. We're back from a quick little break, see? I gotta ask you. What is your peanut what? butter of choice? Because every time, like, like, I don't know why I associate, oh, I know why, like, because you, you like peanut butter sandwiches. I associate you no. with peanut butter, and usually when we take a little bit of a longer break, I go and make myself peanut butter and jelly, but you like just the peanut butter, correct? Peanut butter, peanut butter, and Nutella. Um, what is your peanut butter much. of choice? I'm a, I'm a universal peanut butter man. Sometimes I like creamy, sometimes I like crunchy. I'll cross brands, I don't care. I'm a lover of peanut butter in all its many forms. My particular favorite. So I, do, I, do, I do love it in a good Reese's cup, though. Ooh. Now, I'm a big fan. I go out of my way, out of my way to find some Peter Pan crunchy. Okay. There's, it's a little bit more oily than Jif. But it's got a little kick to it. And I like it. Nice. There is an... Uh, uh, I, you, I wasted it. Well, I didn't waste it. I, um, I burned through it. Uh, Albuquerque Tortillas. I found a place here in the Springs that sells them. Oh, and Albert Tacos, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. I don't know if that's actually it. I'm going to throw it in there. Yeah, it will happen, man. Like, uh, you guys got to come out of your shell. Come over. Make you guys some tacos. Sweet. All right, so... Yeah, come over for the pay-per-view. Yeah, there's a pay-per-view if I'm still in town or not for it. No, no. I don't know yet. The wife has told me. <laughs> but I'll let you know. It's okay. Actually, it's actually... Probably way too short notice, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure out our bet, and that'll be recorded. Uh, oh yeah, the bet. Oh, the bet we got to do. Yeah, Friday, and I got to figure it out. Wait. What am I gonna win this time? <laughs> Actually, I I'm feeling this one, man. It's my turn. Statistically, I should have won by now. <laughs> yeah, we've only done it three times. Yes. Statistically, I should have at least picked way better than 32. 33%. Uh, like, yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe this one will be your night. Who knows? <laughs> Today's my night. Uh, maybe you're secretly a WWE fan. That's why you always lose. I do, I do miss my ex-girlfriend. One million dollars. Hopefully your aim is improving. It's It's happening. Freaking um, great shows this week, but uh, comics. I, I I really only have like the Fantastic Four. I mean, like I can talk about I can talk about Gunslinger and freaking the Scorched, but like it like talking about them right now would be kind of. Um, let me pull it up. Where's my? It like I reread the the Dollhouse because they released that. Um, it's been a while. Um, it's one of the the Joe Hill curated comics. Okay. Uh, we talked about one or two of those issues. Uh, Spider Man. Um, yeah, Spidey. I'll talk about Spidey. Making Spider Man. Okay. Number eight. 
Zeb Wells, writer, John Meter Jr., Junior Jr. Um, last issue, the Vulture's uh, granddaughter comes over and says, Hey, uh, so you're the Vulture. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, so you're a murderer and a piece of crap. And uh, I was told everything. And I love you. And he's like, but you're the only link to humanity I have. Like, it was basically like, um, they've been best friends forever since she was a child. She's very young. And uh, she's like, yeah, I'm never coming over again. You're a murderer. And he told me. And uh, he's like, okay, so I thought I was going to have a decent day today and see my granddaughter. Um, uh, But today's the day I'm going to kill Spider-Man. And he goes and he opens up his uh, secret closet vault that has his... I mean, it's ridiculous. It's not like it was like this huge, like, steam comes out. (laughs) He's got it on a special hanger. No, it's a freaking, like, secret compartment in his, his, like, crappy, like, Brooklyn apartment. And he's got his vulture costume. And Spidey's slinging around. And all of a sudden the vulture just hammers him. I mean, just hammers him. Uh... The first thing he does is take him as high as he can, and while he's taking him there, breaks his web slingers and drops him. That's the last issue. This one, um, being the last issue, actually getting a little too far ahead of myself, uh, Norman, the issue before before that one, uh, Norman's like, hey, come over, I got a job for you. Uh, I don't know what you want from me, but I know you're reformed, and the senior took all of your sins, but frickin', uh, I don't want to work for you. He's like, that's fine. Uh, let's just come over and talk. And he goes to, and this issue, or the last, last issue, goes to uh, the new Osborne Industries. And he's like, yeah, let me show you some cool stuff. And uh, bumps into Mary Jane. You're, mm-hmm. screw, you're screwing with me. You have some super suit for me. I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with you. You know what's going on with me and Mary Jane. And he's like... I did not know. And uh, Parker takes off. Vulture finds him. Takes him up in the air. First thing he does is crushes his web slingers. Takes him as high as he can and drops him. And that's where uh, the last, last issue ends up. And this issue, he's fallen. And um, he, as he's fallen, he realizes he's, he's, there's nothing. Nothing's coming, to sa- nothing's coming to save him. He realizes he has um, uh, the web fluid in his his belt, and he breaks a couple open and encapsulates himself as much as he can and falls in the Central Park and, like, barely near fall freaking dies. Like, like, like he's yeah. like that far away from the floor. Calls Norman, like, yo, give me the suit. I'm in. And, uh... Norman's like, no, I can't do it. I need this immediately. I'm uh, this vulture's gonna kill me, and he's like, can't do it. After he just freaking like practically begged Parker to take the suit, and mm-hmm. then breaks his breaks his phone and just collapses crying. And freaking uh, Spidey, of course, uh, figures out a way to uh, manipulate the vulture to pick him up again, and, and they crash in a. Osborne Tower or whatever it is now and freaking he gets a suit and there's like a a Spidey glider now which is 
I gotta say, kind of stupid. Um, in hindsight, um, the only reason I'm okay with it while I'm reading it is because Junior Junior is drawing it. If Junior yeah. Junior is drawing it, I'm in. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it, it's it's it like there's there's no question. I mean, like we, we've gone through so many different iterations of, of uh, in not. To violate a brother friendly, this is just the title of the book of Kick Ass. Um, we have a new I'll let it slide. We have a new version of of, of Kick Ass. And no, it's 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 this chicken Albuquerque man, <laughs> and and um, I was in because it's Junior Junior. Um, mm-hmm. But freaking um, so there's a Spidey glider and he completely annihilates Adrian. Toombs is just like, you took everything from me. Like, like Toombs didn't really have anything. He's living in a crappy apartment. And freaking, uh, his granddaughter finds out he's a murderer. And, um, it ends with, um, Parker going back on the Spidey Glider. And, uh, Norman, why didn't you help me? And he's like, um, I would have had to use the glider. Oh. Listen, I don't know how to tell you this, but if I get on that glider again, he's going to come back. I mean, like, yeah. it was basically, like, uh, like, I mean, it seemed like such a like, absolute crappy move on Norman's part. Like, hey, let me help you, but then I'm not going to help you. But, like, uh, it was a better decision to not get on a glider. And, you know, like, you know, take, you know, like, you've been around addicts before, freaking, they just take a little bump, you know? And, ah, uh, just one little bump ends into, like, you know, a whole week lost. And, yeah. and, um, Parker understood it, respected it, and said, what job did you want me here? I thought you were screwing me when Mary Jane was here. He's like, no, I'm not screwing you there. I really want a job. I want you to work here. And he's like, then I will. And he's like, hey, just just relax. You're hired. <laughs> like, you're hired. Like, like the past like uh, six issues have been like just Parker hurting for money. Everyone hates him. There's a whole backstory uh, from mm-hmm. that we 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 don't know yet because it's they haven't really fully explained it. But um, I love the idea that. I mean, like, how many times have you seen Parker and Norm been the cool for a little bit, and or hey, Parker, I'm, I'm Norman. Don't worry about me. You know, everything's gonna be just fine. Just trust me. But, but it took the added step to freaking like, I would rather you die than me come back as the Goblin, because that's much worse. Yeah, and that's why he crushed his phone. That's why he collapsed in his office. Like he wants to help the the spider, but if I get on a glider again, I'm not coming back. It's over. It's yeah, like like it, it, like what I will do. I don't know. And unfortunately, like I mean, like like what what a what a what a bit of a scales, you know? I mean, how would you land on that? Because I I actually agreed with with uh, Norman on that. I would have rather okay. Parker gotten like seriously injured, near death, or even died than what would happen. I mean, like the last time, like he was the Goblin. I mean, like full fledged, he was merged with the Carnage symbiote, and it was 
all hell was breaking loose, man. And yeah. Flash Thompson died. I mean, like uh, the the uh, little normie. I mean, like there was a lot of extraneous things that were going on. But um, even like it, it just appeared as a regular. Oh, the vultures just losing his mind and we're just going to wait for Parker to beat him up. That's not what it was. That was yeah. not the meat and potatoes. I mean, like, you ever, you ever like, like, got that, like, four-course meal and the the one that was supposed to be the best one and it'll be all what you anticipated was not, but it was actually something really subtle, like, um, I guess I'm digging a little bit too much into it, um, but... I really enjoyed this. Uh, Zeb Wells is running it. And a lot of people don't know this, but Zeb Wells is actually married to Heidi Gardner um, from Saturday Night Live. Oh, no, I know that. Yeah, she's one of the best on, on the freaking crew, man. And uh, I think, like, man, I would love to interview those people. They're just like, just like, okay, you work for Marvel, you work for SNL, and you're making it work. I mean, like, it, it's, that's a special union. I mean, like, that's, that's different. No. Yeah. But that's what I got on Spidey, man. Um, can you can you give us some? Uh, uh, what do you got? Because I mean, uh, all I got is Spidey. I don't want to go and spawn in the Scorch because I don't want to go freaking in like after this week, man. I don't want to go into any freaking gotcha. hell. No, I got something kind of similar. You know, we've been going into. I know last week we talked about how we both not. I've not I personally wasn't a huge fan of a. Uh, the X-Men uh, Eternals uh, run so far. Okay. It's not a, not a huge fan of the Eternals. Yeah, no But, worries. um, you know, we got a, you know, it is an X-Men. We got a, a new villain hunting mutants. And it's definitely not the Externals. And it's definitely not the, uh, the Avengers. What book is this, brother? So if we were gonna if we were gonna hunt exit, we we're gonna hunt mutants. Who would be the uh, the biggest hunter you could think to come after the the mutants? Well, if I was going to dream pick it, I would say Cameron Hodge, but he's gone. Uh, I would say it would be Orcus. Man, not those guys either. I'm just saying, you know, going off of what we talked about, you know, from uh, this past Saturday, and I believe we talked about this, the setup last month, but uh, we've got X-Force, issue 31, Strife. featuring Craven the Hunter. Yes. So, Craven's uh, got a, a taste for a new breed of meat. This is, I, this, I don't believe he's a cannibal, but... This is 31, <laughs> you said? Uh, yep, X Force Thirty One. Yeah, we gotta start off with uh, Craven. Uh, I'm not sure if he's in the Arctic or the Antarctic, but he is. Uh, he is running. He is hunting something, but we're not quite sure. And he ends up finding a celestial. Then, then, it and, has, then it has to be Antarctic because the Arctic is the celestial that the Avengers have their like HQ in now. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, now we've got a. 
So he uh, tries to introduce himself to the Celestial, but it doesn't work out. While at the same time, we see uh, X-Force rallying on a beach, running from the Eternals. And we see a ship coming towards them at high speeds. And uh, as we recall from last issue, who would be driving the ship but Omega Red. Noise. Noise. You knew I was going to pop. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's bringing all the, uh, all the mutants that were captured by the slavers to, uh, to Kokoa. And uh, on top of that, he also grabs some of the slavers. So, uh, just to make sure I heard you right. This is post X lives, X deaths, or ten deaths of Wolverine. And yeah, this saw, is all post lives, post Wolverine. So, yeah. So we've seen Omega Omega Red walk away. Uh, he has been absolutely disenfranchised. Screw you! You're not Russian. And this is the mm-hmm. first time we're seeing him, and he's coming, and he's showing up in an emergency ship with evacuees, and they're. And I don't know what you call them, like their their holders, their the people that held them hostage. Their captors, yeah. But yeah, no, we've got a uh, Omega Red is now basically a uh, a trial member of X Force. Let's say. What color are his eyes? I believe they're yellow, if I recall properly. Uh, they're not red. Let me check real quick. It's important. If they're yellow, we're good. Let's see. If we're red, we have problems. Now we're going to have problems at some point, I'm sure, but... Let's see here. Trying to get a good picture of his eyes. They've done things with his eyes before. Um, yellow in control, red out of control. When he's coming back from these... Getting off the ship, they're yellow. Later on in the book, they're pinkish. Like I said. <laughs> well, we'll get, there's a reason I think that if you're if you, what you're stating is correct, there's a reason they're pink. But uh, going back to Craven real quick, he ends up stripping naked and then cutting an X in his hand to try to get the attention of the Celestial. And then, and then we go back to uh, well, to Sage. Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, the Celestial that's in the North Pole is dead. Like they're basically like uh, like um, re-engineering, uh, reverse engineering the technology to use it as EHQ. You're telling mm-hmm. me that the one in the South Pole in the Antarctic is somewhat still alive. Damn. Yep, and and Craven's trying to get his attention. So we go back with uh, go back to the point in Krakoa with Sage and Omega Red, and she is showing him something she refers to as the Shadow Room, and she lets him know that it is anything she wants or anything that you could want it to be. So basically, it's like an off the grid uh, danger room. Where no matter what you want to do, there are no cameras, and you're allowed to do whatever you want to do. 
we've never had that. I mean, there was the circle for the resurrection uh, protocols, but like no new danger room since Krakoa ever showed like showed back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently it's a uh, like I said, completely off the grid, no cameras, no nothing. And she basically explains that we all have urges and we need to let those out. And she's like, you know, you're a killer. We need killers on our side. And, you know, she's basically like, you know, if you need to need to get that out and you want to do it in a healthier way, you know, you can you can always come here and utilize this facility, basically. What they, they say in Nacho Libre, they're, they're niños. They need to get their wiggles out. <laughs> basically yeah so Omega Red ends up opening his hand and he's got one fi- he's got one finger in the palm of his hand and uh three teeth from one of the uh the captors from earlier gnarly gnarly and, he, and Sages is like I'll, you know, I'll give you a couple hours you know at night when no one else is around just be on the safe side and he's just like, you know, will you see you know, what I do here? You know, because I do very, very bad things. And she just takes a drink from her flask, and she's like, it helps me forget. Awesome. She's looking back at the liquor. Uh, so we go back to the Antarctic with Craven, and he's in a in a lodge, and he's got the uh, the head of the bear he killed last issue. And inside the mouth of the bear that's mounted on his wall is the head of Deadpool, who the bear had eaten. <laughs> I can see where this is going. So uh, Craven's over here talking about how he, he's one of the, you know, he talks about, he goes into the hunt, actually. He talks about the preparation for it and understanding one's prey and understanding the environment the prey lives in and understanding how to, you can use that to your benefit. And he talks about how he enjoys uh, working on his weapons because they're basically an extension of his um, of him. And as he's kind of you know thinking these thoughts, in walks the hand of Deadpool, <laughs> and it ends up freeing the uh, the head from the mouth, and all everything comes crashing down, which obviously gets Craven's attention. And he's talking, and he's kind of chuckling to himself because he's like, "You don't die easily," as the uh, the head is now mounted, the hand of Deadpool, and is trying to get away. And he's just like, "You know, that's good. You know, good to know. You know, I prefer to earn my trophies since Deadpool been eaten by the bear and not killed by Craven himself." And he's kind of startled to see it, but he sees the uh, the rest of Deadpool's body shuffling into the room. And for, you know, and he's just like, he looks to Deadpool, who's kind of slowly reattaching his head in his hand. He's like, you know, speak then, tell me what, uh, what truth you learned from beyond the grave. And Deadpool just mutters, don't F with X-Force. I I see a missed opportunity here. Okay. I would have I would have had Deadpool's head grow a little bit longer, try to reheal and merge with the bear, and barf up all of his pieces. 
and then rip his own head out of the neck out of the bear with, from the mouth. Like, like I, I, like I thought. I, I think that'd be a little cooler because, especially because, um, um, there have been like one of the best Daniel Way issues uh, when he was handling Deadpool back in like two thousand seven to like two thousand like twelve. Freaking, um, uh, there was, for some reason, there was a garbage, like, dumpster that a bunch of random body parts of Deadpool got thrown into, but not the head. And they they formed into an evil Deadpool and regrew and grew a new head, and Deadpool had to kill his own self. Um, the hand walking in is pretty funny. That, that, that's actually great. Uh, but I, I think the missed opportunity would be to grow into the uh, the bear's like nervous system, take control of the head, and eventually recollect his own body or barf it out, and then completely mess up Craven. And that's just me. Yeah, you know, we end up with a Craven hog tying Deadpool to the ceiling. And they're t- he's you know he's going off about how Deadpool's not a music mutant. How could he live with them and walk amongst them? And Deadpool's like, "Well, I'm an honorary mutant. I'm like a mutant." Took me years of trying, but they finally gave me the keys to the kingdom. And that's all Craven needed to hear. He's like, "The keys, you say, to the gate?" And the uh, the final image is Craven with Deadpool's head um, staked leading the charge as he's going to use Deadpool since Deadpool's allowed to walk through the gates to Kokoa to uh, to get through. But is Deadpool he's, even... He's going to Kokoa. But is Deadpool even really a mutant? I don't think so, but... No, he... Like, apparently he's got enough... He's. I don't know if they're able to freaking allow certain people in. Like, they can program it or not. They... they... Or if Deadpool's mutant enough because of... How messed up, you know, all the stuff they did doing Weapon X was, and so many others from Weapon X were mutants. That's my feeling on it too. If he's able to get in Krakoa, then whatever happened to him during the Weapon Plus program, where he, I think he was what, Weapon Fourteen, um, something like that, he might be mutated enough that it could fool Krakoa. But like, uh, uh, it was a couple. It was during the Hellfire Gala. Remember when Deadpool mm-hmm. showed up? And, yep. and but he was not able to just walk into freaking Dakota uh, like he showed up in pieces. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, reformed himself and had that tête-à-tête with old uh, Logan. And uh, I'm digging this. This sounds awesome. Yeah. So next issue we've got Craven on Krakoa hunting mutants. Because he's not, I don't, I don't believe he's looking for anybody special, anybody in particular. He's not going to He just want, he wants to be the alpha and freaking mutants beat death, so they're the current alpha. I can't blame him. Yeah. I mean, he's not. I mean, I'd actually be surprised if they didn't play this up at some point previously, like him going after Beast or Angel or somebody. I'd rather this than what they're doing this summer. I'd rather that story going on. And Craven running amok, and the mutants can't stop him. I mean, like that would just beef up. That would that would just put a rocket on both of them, um, mm-hmm. especially Craven, like uh, 
because like the last time I saw Craven uh, was in a really not very entertaining story um, in Spider-Man where like he trapped all of Spider-Man's greatest foes in Central Park and they like Spidey could barely use his powers because he was just hurt so bad and like he basically just put everyone that all the D F Z listers and a couple of uh, uh, really good A listers to kill Spidey in a bubble within Central Park that he couldn't kill and Spidey figured it out with the lizard and uh, it was a really great story but um, freaking Craven on Krakoa like. He's not going to kill the low-hanging fruit. and he Well, he's going to kill a couple of them and string them up and let them know that they're there, that he's there. But freaking, um, this sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm surprised that they didn't... I, I, if they did it previously, I'm not surprised. But if they haven't, that's that seems brilliant. You know, who wouldn't want to go after some big league mutants? Now, as a collector... How was it reading this book, knowing that you have the end all great, end all be all grail of Craven? You've completed your freaking uh, Craven's last time. Last time. You've got yeah, the last. I mean, that's the end all being. The, like I mean, that's like beating. Yeah, other than, other than having like his first appearance, that's the that's that's the greatest Craven story ever. Ever. And, like, beating that story with the jackal... No, was it, no it wasn't the jackal. What was the dude in the sewers? Vermin. Vermin. Um, I don't know how could they get, it could get even better, but, like, do you feel more relieved having that in your collection, reading this story? Like, okay, I've got it. I can enjoy it a little bit better. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's like I said, the greatest creative story ever told. The freaking... You know, it, it's kind of nice to freaking have. I read the uh, read the trade, but never had the uh, the actual issues. Let alone found them all in the wild, actually, which was you know found them at cons and whatnot. They only found one on the uh, on the streets. On the streets, but still, it's nice to nice to yeah. It is. I think only I randomly found like the third issue. I think randomly at a at one of the shops in the um, the flea market. The flea market. Oh, that is a killer flea market for everyone that's in Colorado Springs. Uh, I go, I take my mom there every every now and then. And freaking, uh, our rules: we show up with forty bucks. It's whoever's last didn't pay to get in. It's a dollar fifty to get in. But if you show up with forty bucks, you're gonna find something awesome. And you're also always guaranteed to have enough money to buy all the fruits. And vegetables at the uh, freaking uh, little mini farmers market. That like, yeah, you'll go to the the freaking uh, farmers market downtown uh, or in old Colorado Springs, and you're you're gonna spend like fifty bucks. But if you go to the flea market, if you show up with forty dollars, you're gonna spend you're gonna end up spending like twelve dollars on something awesome that you didn't know that was twelve bucks, and the rest you, you're not gonna find anything else. Maybe a stray DVD or something like that, and then just spend the rest on the veggies and the freaking uh, fruits that they got there. Like just Quanto Cuesta, three dollars for bowl nice. ones. Yeah, it's, it's it's wonderful. Always just show up. Like it's 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 always been a gimmick with me and my mom. Uh, always just forty dollars. Uh, there's been times where I didn't find anything, but she I uh, I found her wandering around, and uh, she's like, "I need twenty bucks. Here you go." I didn't find nothing. The rest, 
all in the veggies. 40 bucks do the rule. Anyway, uh, I digress, but um, I appreciate the insight on craving, man. Like, that's... Hunting mutants like that? I, I'm, I'm sure it's happened before, but not, like, on this scale of a level. I mean, like, I mean, he, like, might kill a couple of the low-hanging fruits of the freaking new mutants or a couple of the dudes that are drunk outside of the Blob's bar, but, like, if he wants to go full-fledged, gnarly. Hell yeah. Yeah, he might get that Wolverine skeleton. Everyone's, you know, Orcus is all, all about. You gotta keep that in acid. Right. What do you got next, man? Yeah, every grow when you're in trouble. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and um, I think the only thing I got left really is freaking uh, flash, flash annual freaking. This is it was you know it was good, man. Freaking. Let me do Fantastic flash annual twenty two. Let me do Fantastic Four before we do that. Okay. Because I like the romanticism about the annual um. We're going to try to get Colin, if we get him uh, on a straight moment, on the set of uh, King of Tulsa. Right now, working with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's in a bad mood. He showed up with a new dog. And I read in TMZ, like, Sylvester Stallone's wife didn't want him to get a new dog. He gets a new dog. A week later, Sylvester Stallone covers up a portrait of his wife on his bicep tattoo style. With his dog, Whoops. his new dog. I'm like, yeah, like, obviously, you know, whatever, but, like, uh... Obviously, <laughs> it's a good dog. It's a good dog. But, uh, the Fantastic Four, um, the reason I wanted, I wanted to do this before we get into Flash is because the romanticism, this is, uh, what you're talking about is boy meets girl, falls in love. I mean, this is, this is true with love. Mm-hmm. Um... It's already established that Reed is in love and perfect love story with him and Sue. But um, before we get into... Um, let me rewind here. Um, there's a time-traveling story uh, in an annual where... Um, what was it, annual? Maybe not. Um, no, it had to be an annual. Uh, where Kang is like meeting up with all his former future selves and... He's basically getting tricked into um, meeting up at his, like, Pyramid Citadel that is in the amorphous of time that's not really anywhere. And all his former future selves meet up and, like, yeah, I beat Reed here, I beat Reed here, and, like, well, I didn't beat Reed here. And then, uh, basically, it was a trick uh, orchestrated by uh, Nathaniel Richards, uh, Reed's father, and also the father of Kang in the future. And um, it's revealed after uh, Reed tricks them all. And uh, Nathaniel has a special Easter egg for him. Like, yo, you're not the only Richards. He's like, yeah, I know. I got, like, Space Cowboy freaking Richards. He's got another sister in a different, like, microverse. And um, he's like, no, there's a, a human and uh, you get a finder, and okay, and then we get straight into uh, a really big storyline, uh, which was uh, involving the Watchers and um, the Reckoning. Uh, the Reckoning was um, basically the Watchers 
understood all of time and space, and there was a group of, um, not a group, but a planet that they called the Reckoning. Uh, well, not at the time, but known as the Reckoning now, that they they broke... Um, are you familiar with the uh, the rules in, in Star Trek? One of the first rules of the Prime Directive is you do not interfere with a, a un evolved species in order to okay. in order to involve yourself with an unevolved species they have to evolve just enough that they are smart enough to create warp one so mm-hmm. right right now us humans we can't even get off the planet i mean like sure they could send someone to mars but probably gonna die on the way there there's a lot of different things going on there uh, but yeah. not, not break the time of uh, not break the uh, space of time. Space time continuum. Yeah, like like to travel that fast. Once they have done that, uh, you're allowed to interact with them and be like, "Hey, great work! You figured out warp one. Guess what? You're not the only people in the universe. Um, there's a lot more people. There's a galactic federation." And we'd like to invite you to it, but in order for you to be part of this, you have to understand the rules. Um, I mean, humans, we're destroying ourselves all, all over. It's, it's just... It's just it's what we do. It's what we do. Um, you have to have evolved past that, warp one, and freaking... Um, we'll invite you into this, you know, group of federation. All right. So... Uh, the Watchers broke that rule. It was never a rule that had ever been established. Uh, the early version of the Reckoning, like, hey, we really like your species. Here is a bunch of crazy freaking technology that you don't know past a hammer and a stone. Okay. Um, they get into it. But they also are not evolved enough to understand the technology and use it peacefully the way that the the watchers would want them to. So, uh yeah. they banished the reckoning and uh put them on a planet that is basically just hell. They still have some bits of the technology. They advance it. Uh the reckoning figures out a way like okay, now's our time to hit. Um Reckoning War happens. I mean, there's, it's it's a gnarly storyline. It's it's really cool. Um, it, it it like when you get a Fantastic Four book, it's either gonna be like everything's okay or everything's really wrong or Ben Grimm wants to be human again. Um, but this book was a really great storyline of a lot of different things, and I'm not going to get into that um, because if I tell you any of it, about it it's going to probably ruin it i mean like i mean how do you describe like you know brightest day to somebody and not ruin the story gotcha um but uh it's post that uh but before that rewind back to you know fighting with king and freaking uh find out reed richards has a sister on the planet and we get to a uh, an aquatic uh, scientist beautiful black woman Okay, so the moon's back. 
It's been back for three days because the Watcher just, after the end of the Reckoning War, uh, the Watcher restored the moon. It had been like gone for like three four days. Now it's back. We're trying to study the tides. And how is this going to affect uh, aquatic life? I mean, like, and then Reed shows up and like, hey, you're my sister. She's like, I know. And he's like, well, would you like to come meet the family? She's like, screw it. Yeah, okay, let's go meet him. And uh, meets Thing, Alicia. Um, it's it's arts and craft nights. The uh, the kids, you know, they they get a creek. Uh, ben has a Cree adopted kid, and a squirrel adopted kid. And Alicia is like they're they're sculpting. And um, okay, this is interesting. It's like two three pages, not like a couple panels. And uh, well. Uncle Johnny, uh, we're we're trying to figure out a cure for because he can't like flame off, and uh, after the reckoning war, I think he might have a way to do it. But the people on the the planet of what is it? Pulling it up here, I always forget the name of it. Chakar? No, it's not Chakar. Let me flip to it. The planet that had foreseen that a group of humans was going to try to get there, the, it, it, it not doesn't rewrite, it just kind of like adds extra, saw in the future that these people were coming and they were coming to destroy them. In okay. which case, they energized the cosmic waves even more that were in the area. And that's how the Fantastic Four became the Fantastic Four. They never actually got to the planet they were actually trying to go to. And uh, now the planet they were trying to go to um, had a group of six, like, superheroes that uh, freaking, like, everything was predestined. They were the end-all, be-all. And um, Johnny gets there. One of the chicks there is like, hey, you're my soulmate. He cheats on her. A lot of stuff happens. Flash forward. He can't flame off. He's on the planet there with her. She's been mutated. And uh, they're high evolutionary type guys. Like, yo, if uh, your calculations are right, we can do this. Uh, they take uh, Reed S's new uh, half-sister. Like, you want to come with us? She's like, sure. They figure out. They depower. uh Human uh, human, human torch. I can't believe I said that. Johnny, uh, freaking, they get him to his power levels how he used to be, and they unmutate his former soulmate and um, her power ring of being engaged to another guy falls off, and he hands it to her and hands it to him actually, and says, "Hey, um, you're meant to be." And he's like, yeah. And they propose, and they, will you be my life mate? And like, that was really strong of you, Johnny. And he's like, uh, she's like, yeah, she's not your soulmate. And he's like, no, she's actually is my soulmate. I only gave it to him because I want her to be happy. And they're on the way back. There's a couple of pit stops. They get uh, they uh, Reed takes uh, his new uh, newly found half sister. To meet his other half brothers and sister, uh, we've got uh, 
we've got Joanna from Earth, uh, and there's Huntra, and then the War Marshal, and they kind of crap on her, man. Like, yeah, of course, like, our dad's a piece of crap, and why you care about her and on the way there they stop to examine the uh, newly expanded ten times bigger universe that after the the War of the Watchers and the Revenant and freaking um, the they get attacked by old school 60's villain uh, let's see what's his name Psycho Man and uh Psycho man. Psycho man. Psycho man. And he has a little machine that uh, ignition hits the button on the ignition of fear, doubt, and hate, and it hits Reed hard. And uh, the rest of the team go and sight fight Psycho man, and Joanna's like, "I don't like you," and she he's like, "I don't like you either. I hate you." And she's like, the problem with you is that our dad abandoned us. He's like, yeah. And she's like, but he always comes back to you. Just you. There's four of us. And he abandoned me and my mom when I was five. He's never come back, but he's come back to you. And he's like, I hate you. And she's like, I hate you too, but I think this Ray's messing with you. And they, they come to terms. And uh, Psycho Man gets defeated within, like, two pages because it's old-school Marvel. I mean, you know, like, all of a sudden, this guy showed up, and there's this magical ray, and um, that's what I'm talking about, old-school Marvel. Uh, and, um, you know, come be part of the family. And Molecule Man, who had been thought to be dead, had been enslaved by Psycho Man. He's like, hey, I put my consciousness in this one particle, and I'll fix your ship. No problem. We're not even talking, like, one panel. You flip the page, they're back home. <laughs> and That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but that it, 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 that's not the story. The story, that they're back on the uh, nautical ship that uh, Joanna's, like, you know, like, trying to figure out the, the patterns where the plankton are going that will empower the coral and... Uh, which Reed interrupted at the beginning. And uh, he shows up and she's like, God, you're here. And they go fishing. And she's like, this is this is the science I do to save the world. Like, they, like, like there was so many, like, different layers to this story. And, and, and it, like, I brought up how many times, like, how much I enjoy a good X-Men story. The big baddie just lost. Yeah. We get an issue that's probably penciled by a D-lister or F-lister and that's not the, that's not what happened here. It was just Reed introducing no, let me phrase that. Reed introducing his half-sister into the craziness that is the Fantastic Four. And this nice. is this is our family. Uh, Franklin and Valeria were immediately like, hey, you're, you're auntie. And he, she's like, I just met you. And she's like, they're like, yeah, like, we've got any gen, like, but you're actually aunt. We're going to call you that. It's ours and crafts night. Like, why don't you come hang out? Come try it out. Like, she's very reluctant. And as she sees the dynamic of the family, it just, uh, I'm not sure if this issue was necessary to introduce the dynamic because we all know it. Like, yeah. like, they'll do anything for each other. 
But it was a really nice time to enjoy an issue where Psycho Man shows up and like three pages later he's already defeated and like while that's happening, freaking it's just him and his half sister having a heated discussion. Uh, while he's under the power of Psycho Man's hate rays to hate and be truthful and um and they go fishing while you know, something they always wanted to do with their dad while she's doing what she does, examining the plankton and what damage it has for the world. It was wonderful. It was everything I wanted after a really, really bad day. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, I, I wanted to bring that up because just because, like, how many times do we get an issue where it's not... Psycho Man was two pages. Maybe three. And mm-hmm. But, like, to develop the storyline, to develop the family, to reignite the the flame. This is why the Fantastic Four exists and why it still exists. But uh, that's what I got on that one, man. Like, uh, why don't you round it off with some Flash? All right. Like I said, we got Flash uh, 2022 annual. Got a fun little uh, family story in it as well. Yeah, we start off with uh, trying to think what's his name. Freaking Kid Flash. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the warden, uh, warden Wolf, Gregory Wolf from Iron Heights Penitentiary is going to. He starts off talking about he's going to make his bid for uh, become the mayor of the city, Central City. And we come up, and there's a. Wally and his wife and Ace just shows up and the last issue uh, Wally discovered that his wife had speed powers as well Right. and it's a great little thing where three of them are talking and then Wally finds out that uh, Ace knew before he did <laughs> poor Ace he's such a dark ass yep, and then he's like I gotta go <laughs> And then Wally being Wally is all like, you know, he's, you know, his wife's just talking about, you know, I was a little scared. She's like kind of burying his, his, her soul to him. And then he just turns out with light speed. We could call you light speed and you could have a, a yellow and white costume. And she's like, what? And he's just like, never mind. As she's wearing a Superman shirt. I really dug that. Uh, I kind of, I kind of dig the fact that uh, she's not entirely down with the idea of being a superhero. But I'm also down with like, the the family dynamic is really always brings me back to this book. You know, he's just like, you know, we'll figure it out. We always do. I you know, pre- I, over here. I appreciate that, man. That that's exactly why I wanted to juxtapose these two books is cuz like freaking the the kids told the new aunt we figure it out. Sue said we figure it out. Reed said we figure it out. And, and Wally says we freaking we figure it out. Like it doesn't matter. We figure it out. Yep. But yeah, no, she's uh, she's got to go. But she's like, I wrote, you know, finished reading my finished writing my book. You ever get a chance to take a look at it yet? He's like, No, nah, I will though. And freaking. You know, she's like, you know, she's walking out the door, she's like, I'm going to be late. And he's like, oh, you'll never be late again. You've got super speed. And she's like, oh, that's right. 
But she's like, don't pick up, don't forget to pick the kids up. And freaking she leaves, and he instantly goes and grabs the book. And it's the uh, it's called Best Laid Plans by Linda Park West, and it just goes through this uh, this story of this woman. Hold on, who, uh, had... hold on. You can't glance over the fabulousness of this awesome cover. I mean, they, they even went to distress it like it was in someone's back pocket. The old school '90s like romance, like on the freaking like. Uh, counter as a as a little like you know impulse buy like this is this is awesome. <laughs> it's something, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a good cover, and then like I said, we go through the story of this woman who uh, always had her plans. She was gonna graduate college, get married, get the job of her dreams, and just everything was set, and then everything fell apart. And as one does and one falls apart, one uh, hopefully finds what they're looking for eventually. And she didn't get the, she didn't get the job she wanted, and she ended up her her and her husband ended up divorcing, and she ends up being a reporter instead of a writer, which is what she wanted. And she ends up finding this uh, this man comes down from space to save the day, and she ends up uh, running away with him because. You know, for the first time in her life, she deviated from her plan and basically ends up being the best thing for her. And, you know, she ends up helping this ragtag band of adventurers save the day and save the universe. His jetpack is pretty gnarly. Yeah, I was like, I, I was just kind of waiting for that moment where he was just like, man, I really need a jetpack. Or is, or that dude's hair catches on fire. But like, I like the fact that he's reading this, and he's not like, which one's me? It's funny though, because like if you look at them, if you look at the designs of all the characters, they're they're all representing some. They're all um, different working off off of somebody else's design. You know, because the 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 captain of the ship is obviously Captain Cold, and the. Uh, the um, the guy that steers the ship is obviously the Pied Piper, both classic Flash villains. But before we get that far, if uh, Colin would lose it right now, but when he beams her aboard the ship, that's the Starship Enterprise next generation. The only thing that's missing is wood paneling, and it's it's gorgeous. That that like. It's you mean the SS Snuggle Burgle? It's the SS Snuggle Burgle. That is the uh, next generation. The chairs are perfect. Nice. Chairs are in. <laughs> who's this? Who's this guy here? That's not Captain Cold. That's a freaking. Uh, what's his name? Oh, that, that's a blatant ripoff of Captain Cold. All right. So I was thinking. Um, yeah, like, the, the the main bad guy is Abracadabra. Oh yeah. But yeah, no. Um, the whole thing ends up being that she ends up saving, uh, saving the hero, and you know, saving the universe. And then they end up kissing at the end, of course. And well, while he's sitting here reading this romance novel, his wife wrote me and like, God, she's such a nerd. And then he ends up. 
as he puts it down, he picks up the phone and calls uh, calls Wallace and asks him for uh, a favor. And he ends up going and finding finding his wife after her. Uh, she's leaving somewhere, something to do with the book because she's talking about see you at the t- on the tour. And he ends up you know going over there and you know there's you know there he is and he ends up quoting her book. Extending her hand and extending his hand and saying, "Want to come and find out?" She takes his hand and they end up running off and just kind of having a nice little day together. Dude, I love this book, man. Uh, um, one of the things uh, most of you guys, because he hasn't been on the show in a little bit, is Colin is a huge fan of old school romance comic books. You know, oh, nice. you know the stuff that Stan Lee was writing before he decided to, you know, take a chance on doing spider-man but freaking uh there's there's some good stuff here man like i mean like he um he doesn't mess up i mean but he's also not like where am i which one am i i mean it's obviously all him in different iterations but like uh whoever wrote this book is a uh let me pull it up because we can't not say his name or her uh freaking uh it's it's a star trek the next generation uh episode i mean i'm not just saying because they they show the actual like you know the ship and where everyone sits but freaking um it's the ss snorkel like there's so many episodes where we're on our way from point a to point b and we're gonna go and talk to some new people we just met and we accidentally flew through some weird interference, and now time has slowed down, or we've all switched bodies, um, or there's a giant snake that comes out of nowhere. And, I mean, like, they could sell that. They always did, and they did a good Mm -hmm. job because you were invested in the characters. But we really only have two characters invested in a really good love story, man. And, like, I got to tell you, this really was... Such a good freaking cherry on like top of like a dried up white piece of crap of a week, <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. it was nice. It, it, like uh, it, I don't have I don't have a girlfriend, I don't have a wife, um, but freaking you do, and like what are and just the wife, not the girlfriend. Yeah, you get a wife. You know. <laughs> Mrs. Morales rules, but freaking like as a husband, did this like inspire you to be like in any way like surprised over something, or just to reiterate all the nice intricities of what it's like of your story? I did tell you I did go for barbecue this weekend. You're having a barbecue this weekend? You said you were doing no. I said I no. I said I told I told her I'd take her out for barbecue this weekend. No. Not having a barbecue is two completely different things. Well, it's not like we're having the cookout or nothing. Might have a barbecue at my place this weekend. Uh, for, uh, not my place, um, folks' house, but we'll talk about that off camera. But gotcha. Um, like I said, I don't want to get into the intricacies of freaking Scorched and Gunslinger. It's just, it's okay. We're getting to a good story, but like. It was nice to hear someone else's ideas of a good idea of what a good relationship is. I mean, like, yeah. if you if you don't want me asking, how did you and Mr. Morales meet? 
I couldn't operate a camera at a wrestling show, and she made a made a joke at my expense. Nothing like some good roasting. Um, we've met one or once or two times, one or two times before that, just in passing. And at one point, I told her that she could take her stupid friends from Amarillo back to Amarillo with her. <laughs> I didn't know who she was at the time. She just happened to be standing next to me, and I happened to be making fun of her friend, who we both knew. I'm sure that gets brought up every now and then if you, uh, Mr. Morales, make a little bit of a mistake. <laughs> yeah. There's one other story but, uh, that goes into that last story, but the uh, that one's definitely not abuela-friendly. Copy that. That's all I got for this week, man. It's your turn. All right. Freaking everybody turn in next week for our 150th episode and also uh, next weekend is oh, the weekend away for uh, second year of new era new era well we did the anniversary show but freaking first episode uh, new blockbuster freaking uh, tickets still available make sure you sign up go to the website neweraproWrestling.com um it's gorgeous we're touring it freaking yeah just if you're in denver uh just look up newer look up minefields you're gonna have a good time that's what we do come on out man september 10th freaking new era wrestling presents revenge featuring the the new era wrestling debut of sin bodie absolutely yes so that'll be that'll be fun Freaking always, always a good time. Come on out to the world's largest comic book store, buy a comic book, buy a, you know, come buy a ticket, watch some wrestling. Watch some good old-fashioned wrestling, but it's your turn. Exactly. But until then, this is Minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. Buy the t-shirts. <laughs>